God. <laughs> Jesus. Nope. Oh, please. Who I are you? <laughs> I'm hoping that we, I'm hoping the oh, wasn't too loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a shock of the first time around. But what made it a little more palatable is that for some reason, it sounds like a lighter Steve Blum for some reason. It kind of does. <laughs> like from uh, Toonami. Yeah. Like that character you played. <laughs> Craig and I have some beef going back, but okay. I, you know. Well, oh God! Have to, I'll have to get through that. I will not sleep in the same house as Craig. I, <laughs> I, I cannot. You can never, I, you can never trust eyes. a man with that confidence. Is because really? it just the style of the drawing looks very different. It's yeah, way. it is pretty jank to uh, and very basic to kind of line it up. But I will. But very I very basic. Yeah, I'll bear. I'll give it the credit though. It's it it's barely that. barely got a bear very useful. It's a, it's a bear to use bear. <clears throat> if you think about it. <laughs> see, yeah. see, that's the trick, muffin. You just keep throwing them out there until one of them works. Just go, just just <laughs> shotgun spaghetti shotgun that shit. All right. Oh well, perfectly. <laughs> that's one way to get into it. Then I guess. Hello, welcome back to Anime on the Sea to Sky. So. Bringing in a bit of a cast and crew with me today, considering that I was able to go on to their podcast a couple of weeks ago and kind of get a feel for how their show runs, how well they work together, and kind of a bit of banter that they kind of throw in back and forth. So I've got the guys coming in from the Pretty Fly for a Senpai podcast. So uh, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? I am uh, Time Muffin. I am Shark Wellington. I'm Hero19X. Yeah. Yeah, definitely nice to finally. Yeah, I would imagine it was definitely tougher to like bring all of you guys back together on the same time. So I definitely appreciate you like finding the schedule in the midst of all of it to just kind of uh, get the group back together and get the band going again. Yeah, we appreciate you inviting us on. We had a, yeah. a wonderful time recording the uh, what was it Mugen Train arc episode. Mm-hmm. I got into a little little some tangents and had a, had a great time talking with you. So it's good to. Good to be able to talk about more anime with you. Yeah, we're we're uh, it's it's actually really hard getting the group together for our regular podcast. I'm glad you understand. Like, usually we have to record it in a kind of like one at a time sort of fashion, so you notice only one of us is actually being funny per episode because that's the one that recorded last, and the rest <laughs> of us just kind of. <laughs> record our laughter one of, afterwards one of us gets the funny script each episode <laughs> you just react to it is there everything to it and the rest just have to act as the straight man just going through and just having to react to the entire set oh no so it's on rotation so nobody nobody knows who's going to get the short end of the stick we fix it in post <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, editing magic exactly sharks a everything. wizardish everything can get saved in post it's glorious <laughs> Uh, well, at least for today, uh, there at least for the past couple of weeks, there hasn't necessarily been too much like uh, news-wise as of late. Most of it has just been films popping up in Japan and also up on the West Coast and getting a couple of uh, North American releases. So I guess, which I know at some point in time I am going to be watching this year because it's definitely going to come out before like the halfway point since uh, Jujutsu Kaisen's like prequel film has continuously been rolling in bank and like creeping up the uh, box office ladder over the past couple of weeks, considering it's already made uh, 8 billion yen in 21 days, or in this case, it's 70 million US. And it's, that's only after 21. Currently, I th- the last, uh, what was it? I think the, 
highest grossing film of last year would have been Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0. Definitely understandable considering how long that took to finally uh, like go through. Because I think it was in it was in uh, Japan and released in 2020. I think it was in production for like eight years. And so that was like that was definitely like a long time coming. And that ended up making uh, 10 billion, so like uh, 88 million for the rest of it. So it's kind of surprising to see that one of the longest running. Uh, and like most notable and culturally like sounding films is probably going to get beaten at some point in time over the next couple of weeks by a prequel shonen film. But that's definitely been how the industry <laughs> has been moving as late as we saw from Mugen Train last year. Yeah, I don't know. Anytime, like I hear the name of the movie, the Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0, and I just can't, I roll my eyes. <laughs> Like, <laughs> name you've already just, gone just, through this too many times, and you're numbers. You ended up with. Just add one. You don't need to give me the equation. Just, just say four. <laughs> it's not hard. <laughs> it's not like we had a formula going through. We had one point one one, two point two two, three point three three. Okay, natural Jesus. progression dictates <laughs> that something's going to be lining up with the number four in it like understandable it's like no three plus one and it's just okay you get no force no force here no force here you like go into the theater and it's literally just the first movie and the third movie playing side by side (laughs) (laughs) just the duality it's just kind of like yep no this is exactly what we wanted thanks you you paid for three plus one you're getting it (laughs) (laughs) No four, no fours for you. So yeah, no, it'll it'll come out at some point. Because I mean, regardless, I did as like more recent shonen like nowadays. I definitely like enjoyed uh, Jujutsu Kaisen like the most. Like although it's blasphemous between the rest of you guys, probably more than Mugen Train. Definitely, like that was if I had to choose like pick between the two, I'd, that'd probably be the child that I would go for. But um, yeah, no, it's definitely been making waves and understandably knowing how well shonen tie-in films have been doing like out in the west especially since the first um my hero movie came out in 2017 i believe that's definitely been a successful formula that's been uh like making good waves like all across so i'm definitely going to understand that this is going to be no exception once at some point it's definitely going to go down there but then yeah over the weekend i ended up finally uh having the opportunity to go see uh bell in theaters which was uh mamoru hosoda's new film so that was the guy who did um uh he did mirai three years ago he did wolf children he did boy and the beast he did summer wars and so this one is kind of the same deal where it is making waves in its own right because it's the director's highest grossing film now to date not only in japan but also it ended up having an opening weekend of uh two million u.s and so by u.s standards that's the highest one it's been able to go through since its previous one uh, ended up uh, making its run. Have any of you guys uh, seen any uh, films from Hosa as of late or just anything in that regard? Of of the list, you um, said Wolf Children was one that I had seen, and I very much enjoyed that one. It was very atmospheric, I want to say. They did a very good job. See, what I connect with, and this comes up a lot in our podcast, what I connect with is a well-placed emotional scene and um, the children kind of struggling against wanting to be allowed to be their own selves and wanting to be allowed to just, 
you know, be proud of their supernatural abilities and just wanting to even just run around in their wolf bodies. And I don't know. I <laughs> Overall, it was a wonderful experience. And, like, it really struck that sort of familial chord of, you know, like um, a single mother just trying to do what is best for her kids. And all around, just, just all the characters were so well-written and the bonds between the characters felt so real and the whole story despite being this magical thing you know it it couldn't actually happen but it could you know all of the feelings could transfer into a real world story and i absolutely um really enjoyed that one mm-hmm. it's been <laughs> yeah he's been getting a lot of at least he has been getting more notoriety especially considering that like with wolf children and all of his earlier works like he has a really strong core for me ironically enough like the first thing i watched of his but i didn't know it was him at the time because i didn't know what anime was at the time was that um uh the first digimon movie that came over mm-hmm. to the west uh, which i had a vhs of but it has been lost to the sands of time and it probably got we either gave away all of our vhs tapes either in a garage sale or in the middle of a move so Although there were so many times that I ended up watching it, but he ended up directing one of the uh, uh, one of the arcs or one of the mini films that they ended up putting into that movie. So it's definitely been it was kind of nice to kind of go back and like see where he came from. And that was kind of the same deal where he did go back to his roots a bit for Bell in this one. I want you to give us a quick rundown of the Digimon movie. (laughs) i really want to hear this (laughs) okay so what from what i remember it's they basically spliced three different short films into one movie and they sold it as a collective experience and what and it was we were going through uh what was it i was i was in a chat with a couple of uh other guys and we were like going through some anime stuff and i brought up the digimon movie and what I had pushed to the back of my brain, because of course this isn't entirely related, but it was for the North American release at the beginning of not only the theatrical release, but for the VHS as well. They had this really, really ridiculous Angela Anaconda, like three, four minute uh, intro, which was really off-putting to me as a kid in the beginning, but then actually going back and revisiting and realizing that that was actually something that they decided to incorporate that for the rest of it um, was really weird. But besides, but besides that, um, <laughs> what was it? So the first one, oh God, it was, oh, it was a mess. Gonna, there was a reason gonna, why I pushed that to the back of my brain. You're going to get me talking about anything but anime. Cause now you're talking about Angela Anaconda. And <laughs> I just want to say that that is a pull I can appreciate. Anyways, <laughs> we should probably go back to bell though. Yeah. It's, um, Let's see. Uh, are any of you guys going to like think about watching that uh, in the future, or is that anything like on your radar by chance? On your I recommendation, absolutely. Yeah, <clears throat> I didn't even so know that it existed. Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be lining through award season at some point in time. Considering that it's one of the uh, one of the only animated films that's going to be like lined up for the Oscars that nobody's going to watch. But um, well, the Oscars, not necessarily the movie, because the movie's definitely doing more numbers than uh, a couple a couple of others in its uh, class. But um, the Academy, uh... yes, the <laughs> Academy. It, with, with your glowing <laughs> recommendation, give us sell us on it. What, what what is so good about this movie? Oh, um, <laughs> it's 
I don't think it's a glowing recommendation, honestly. Okay. That was, oh. I think I was, oh. I might have been. Yeah, well, now I'm not the numbers, interested. The numbers speak for themselves, but honestly, this was, like, personally, this was not one of my favorites of his for, for like, for the last ones. I, I think that Mirai had a nice emotional core, just like um, Wolf Children, but also it was a little shaky. It, it felt like everything in Bell was done exceptionally well in terms of directing, um, the way that they translated between animated and 3D stuff, considering that whenever it's a part of the digital world, it's 3D. And whenever they like uh, jump back to the real world in the sense, they go back to the standard 2D animation. And I like the characters. I like the individual moments. It's just that the script was incredibly like all over the place. It definitely seemed like he was trying to fit a three hour movie into like a two hour time span. So mm. some things get, uh, what is it? Some things get stretched out too much longer than they expected. Some are just kind of like blips that don't necessarily give, give it enough time. Like specific plot beats, like especially once it gets to like the last half hour of the movie definitely doesn't go through. And so I was kind of like really shaky about it. I, like I was kind of thinking, I think uh, when I woke, when I like woke up after like figuring out, I was kind of thinking that uh, Hosoda is kind of going the way of something like George Lucas, where it's just, they they need somebody to tell him no. They need like he can't just do I, everything by shit. himself. Yeah, he, like he can't I, just be given the entire reins. Like he because he not only directed it, he script wrote it. Like he did some of the character designs. Like he was trying to get everything underneath his umbrella. But it just seems like his directing is fantastic. But he really needs a, a second opinion when he starts oh. like handing in his script. It's just so, so I have. Really I have this movie open on Wikipedia and just from like this black and white page with a poster on it, I can tell that they were shooting, they, you know, they were trying to go all the way with this thing. Like it's this beautiful night sky with a princess hair flowing, touching a dragon on the maw, stroking that maw. <laughs> world premiere at the Cannes film festival wonderful you know Sell, based... you're selling me shark yeah well i'm th- i'm just saying like this this does seem like they they were like they were like this is the one this is the one they'll remember me for is, yeah exa- is, yeah is and it's dragon love story i know i was kind of excited too considering that it was like he was going back to his roots because it was it uses like very much the scape of the internet in the majority of its plot, which is why it was kind of going back to the Digimon War Game one. It was kind of going back to his <laughs> stuff with Summer Wars, which honestly, if I did have to like put a recommendation between the two of those, I would definitely like pick Summer Wars over Bell because yeah, it definitely it definitely shot f- uh, yeah it definitely shot for the sky and didn't land among the stars. Like it definitely just did not uh, line up to burned the up in the but, atmosphere. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it just. <laughs> It just, uh, I don't know. I I was a lot more disappointed, I would imagine, than most. But uh, I don't know. It's you'll see it. It'll it'll still go through. It'll still have more North American screenings or screenings. <laughs> you'll still see it on a couple of award shows. But yeah, it'll. I don't know. I don't necessarily know what to what else to think about it. Although I just I don't know. Kind of felt a little disappointed. But I guess I'll <laughs> line that up for another time. But then yeah, like speaking of award season, I guess for the rest of it, you've got like. Crunchyroll animated awards lining up. You got the R Anime Awards. You got the Annie List Awards. Some point in February, we'll get the Academy. But um, yeah, no, it's 
I don't necessarily like pay attention to the Crunchyroll Anime Awards like too much nowadays, but it always is interesting to kind of like check back in at the end of the year just to like be reminded about what the more popular ones were and just to kind of like see what made impact on last year. And like, I guess for like just for conversation, like the base six, so the top six uh, shows that they have nominated for Anime of the Year would go for Attack on Titan's first season, Odd Taxi, Sunny Boy, 86, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, and then Ranking of Kings. So those are apparently the ones that are on the bill uh, for Anime of the Year. Nice. Love to see Odd Taxi and Ranking of Kings on there. Don't know how I feel about Jujutsu Kaisen being on there, given that I think they only had like three episodes. Yeah, it was just like this year that bled over. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen second core is being nominated. It's like, how much of that again? <laughs> how much was <laughs> yeah. actually in this year? Man, that kind of kills me. That, that bums me out because Jujutsu Kaisen won last year, and it wasn't like a first core, second core kind of thing. It was, you know, just a full twenty-four episodes. So uh, that bugs me. That bugs me a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That is well, definitely your... the more common theme where it's just kind of like, yeah, no, I understand where some of these nominees are coming from. But then in the majority of the categories, it's like, why are you here again? Why why is this being placed by any of the other plethora of shows that they could have gone for? It's like, yeah, no, it's a mix. Yeah, I'll taxi, though. I'll taxi to get in a movie. Sorry, talk about <laughs> movies. I'll taxi to get in a movie next year. Is, that, is there any confirmation about whether it's going to be... Sorry, I, I love talking about Odd Taxi. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I want to, I'd love to talk about that more, too, considering that it was... Anime-wise, I think Odd Taxi was my favorite of the previous year. Animation, in particular, which I did, uh, like, briefly mention before, like, jumping on. Arcane might have been my favorite animated series of last year. So good. I'm going watch that. That is so good because we also we played so much, we played so much league, too much league. Uh, <laughs> oh no, for any normal for loss. Healthy, yeah, <laughs> any healthy human <laughs> beings, and uh, yeah, just uh, even the amount of just references. To, like you don't need to know anything about league, but if you do, you all the references that you see in the background. That 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 show was really you could tell they cared about it a lot, like a lot, because they already had like a proven track record because the the studio Fortiche that did the animation for the series had already been like for all the music, major music videos that they, that Riot's been putting out like over the past seven years or so, like all of that came from that studio. So it's like they had a proven track record to line that up. But the considering the characters and the writing of that series was probably the best part about it. And the fact that it just like the writing staff all came from Riot. They, those, they were just guys that had been building uh, like character and league lore for like a number of years. And so they finally ended up getting like put into the hot seat and being like, okay, so now build a story around that, considering that you know, like you have the extensive knowledge, you have like more than enough tools to actually build this around to kind of line that up. And then, yeah, it's, it's the best kind of adaptation because you can bring anybody into it without having a lick of knowledge about League and they could still like find something to enjoy about it. And whenever they do like reference something inside of the video game, like reference something that actually like has meaning to somebody who has played the game for years, like for me in particular, as a support that was in season two, the fact that one of the shopkeepers was like holding a magnifying glass up to a heart of gold, which was the tiny shell item that gave, that was, what was it? I think it was health. It was gold per five and it was mana regen. And it was just, Mm -hmm. it was... Like, it was so minuscule. Like, it was on screen for, like, 
two seconds and it was barely even acknowledged. But if it's like, if you knew, you knew. And it was just, that's those kind of tiny details are definitely like one of the things that I really enjoy that doesn't get too much uh, time out of it. And it doesn't necessarily take too much of the scene, but you know it nonetheless. So it's kind of nice to see that every now and then. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, it's surprising to me that League got a series before Overwatch. Because if True. anything felt True. like something that was building up to actually have a story, please, Overwatch. Like, <laughs> I gave up years ago. This game's been out for like five years, and it has a setting, but they haven't made a story. All they keep doing is adding like prequel stuff like, oh, and also this guy did this before. Well, what's he doing now? Yep, defending payloads <laughs> with, yeah. with two copies of himself and his sworn enemy hey, for life. Moving the you know, truck like, around. Got to get that truck from point A to point B. Got to drive it through Hollywood, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, sidebar. Yeah, it kind of feels like the same deal because I, yeah, let's see, I think my Overwatch knowledge equates to, I think, 25 hours of in-time in playing, but I do, but it's just enough that it's the same deal where they have, I know that Blizzard and Activision have like a cinematic scene behind them. Cause I do remember the Reinhardt, like, uh, what is it? Like the prequel, like showing him how he got his scar, how he got his armor, the, and now I'm completely blanking on character names. Bastion, that's it. And then Bastion ended up getting a really oh, good Bastions was uh, beautiful. character. Yeah. yeah. Maze, Maze hurt my soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maze also yep. wakes up one. at the North Pole or wherever, Antarctica, like... All my friends are dead. They froze to death. Oh no! So at least this show that's airing is kind of like that. They they absolutely mm-hmm. had the chops though. Yeah. So it seems like yeah, I would not be surprised. Like based on like how large that property is, considering that I'm trying to think they've been. So Netflix has one for Dota two. They've now got one for League. And then considering that Overwatch is about to hit six years, it's going to be like I would imagine. I wouldn't be surprised if they do like a anthology or like something to kind of like line that up because now i would imagine a lot of companies are just kind of like seeing dollar signs pop up because it's just like without realizing like how much time and effort it actually Mm -hmm. took to make arcane but they're like yo this was the top uh this was on the top trending charts for netflix for four weeks straight and it's like worldwide appeal and it's like lining up and it's got success and it's got notoriety so it's just kind of like what other titles could we go with and it's just kind of like hmm I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if we do like see an influx of uh, video game adaptations like lining up over the next couple of years, but we're going to have to see. I think the well, only one that I haven't jumped into yet because I didn't play the games, but now that the second season is out, uh, that's been getting a lot of acclaim recently is definitely like Witcher's second season. Even though I haven't like played any of the games, I've heard nothing but positive things about that coming out. Mm. Do you think uh, Microsoft's acquisition will improve, decrease, or not change the odds of Overwatch getting more media or more funding? I don't know. Do you, do you think like Microsoft's going to come in with like a sledgehammer and say, well, actually, no? Or do you think they're going to say, hey, you guys actually should have been doing more of this? That's definitely going to be interesting. I could see somebody in a department like going through and taking a look at the adaptations going through now that there's new, not necessarily new leadership, but I guess considering that they're now under that new umbrella, I would definitely imagine that going to be popping up as a question over the next one. But even if that is the case, unless Overwatch has been like, 
they've had that thing in production for a couple of years. I don't think we're probably going to be seeing any of that soon until like the mid 2020s. So I would say, yes, they'll definitely have a conversation about it. But if we're going to be seeing it in the next two years, I don't think so. The only mm. thing I hope that they don't kill is StarCraft 2. Because <laughs> that was also <laughs> a part of the merger. And I'm also thinking like, oh boy. I really yeah, hope they still have people working on that. At least until Frost Giant ends up like putting out a new RTS. So we can only hope. There you go. All right. Uh, so which, which anime do we want to talk about next? Well, I guess we can start... Yeah, let's see. I guess we can start with the one that uh, like I ended up like only picking up recently. Like this is like last in the last week of last year because I know that you guys have definitely been enjoying it now that it's bleeding over into this season is a bit of ranking of kings, and that's been it's it, it's honestly been like my like one of my favorite like shows currently running like easy because I think personally for me it's it's one of those things where I'm not really much of a fan of isekai in particular. I would say the last. Isekai I ended up watching and enjoying would have been Konosuba, and that's mostly due to its uh, like its characters and its comedy and for the rest of that. But in terms of just Isekai, what I have been wanting to see more of that we haven't been getting for a while is definitely just going back to straight fantasy, like um, you know, like Dungeons and Dragons esque, like Lord of the Rings, Middle Earth, like basic medieval magical fantasy. And we don't necessarily see that as much because like the the trend and the template for making an isekai, making it relatable question more. Okay. Not relatable. Wish fulfillment is a lot easier for as a cell to get across. But the fact that ranking of Kings is going through and having like baseline, like really like interesting medieval fantasy, like archetypes being set up on top of being like a really good underdog story has been like one of my, like definitely one of my guilty pleasures like over the past like over the past couple of weeks now that I've finally caught up to it and I'm watching it week by week and it's been really good. I enjoyed I I took a little bit of a break from it after like the episode before the second half of the season. And uh man, that show hits you with some character development and emotional weight to a lot of the scenes. Like you, you watch the first episode or first couple episodes, and you think you have everybody pegged for what the what kind of character they're gonna be like. Ah, oh, this this old trope again. This old song this old and dance. Bitch. This yeah, this guy, and just everything's like so bare bones, and it's just kind of like, all right, well, this is going to be by the books, basic. Mm-hmm. And then as it goes on, you have so much just development. Every character almost does a 180 in a certain way but not for like just because they want to be a mustache twirlingly evil villain or because they were actually good the whole time but they actually explain they have good plot reasons for why these character changes happen for the most part because <laughs> mm, yeah it, it's definitely the characters that sell for me but then on top of the fact that yeah like studio wits after finally passing off the mantle to attack on Titan. It's just like, this is something that they've finally been able to work on and that they have been working on for quite a bit. And if this is kind of like, we already know that they have a really good grade of quality, especially with the works that they've been doing over the past nine years. But the fact that this is the first thing that they do, like coming outside of attack on Titan, and that's the kind of like precedent that they're going to set. I'm kind of really excited to see where they go. Mm-hmm. Is Which uh, like the animation, like that was what really sold me on it was when I first saw the trailer for, for Ranking of Kings, I was like, man, this thing looks like a some 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 kind of like Bible school cartoony color book animation. Yeah. yeah. And then 
I watched the first episode and went, oh, oh no, it's really well animated. Like, Boji gets, like, hype when he's getting ready to fight and his, like, his head shakes and steam comes out his nose. And I'm like, oh, oh, we got some good animation chops in here and I got nice goosebumps from it. It it really uh, does kind of look like a modern take on, like, an 80s sort of Sunday morning cartoon. Yeah, the kind of thing you pop in the VHS when the adults are like, I'm not doing it today. <laughs> yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm like, exactly. So I haven't, I haven't watched this, but I'm I'm kind of watching it on my other screen while you guys are talking. And I'm going through this funny little interaction where somebody's mugging him for his clothes. So he comes back with three, three coats on. Mm-hmm. Like, He's yeah. just here. I saw you needed some clothes. Yeah, Boji's a good boy. He's he's very very empathetic, very kind, and yeah, which is like the shadow dude goes. It's very easy to manipulate and exploit him for it, but it's just the fact that he like realizes that like at some point in time and just being like, yeah, but he's just a good kid, especially on the fact that everybody else just looks down on him for being the son of one of the greatest kings on the continent, and he has that much expectation above him but even though he is the literal son of a giant he's just (laughs) he's the size of a child but the Mm -hmm. fact that he's able to like not let that get the better of him and actually like go through and try and forge his own path is definitely like one of the highlights of the show like seeing boji like gain the strength that he never knew that he had and it's those kinds of underdog story that like are really good sell really good i I enjoyed that i wish i could keep up I haven't, I haven't kept up with it because I've been watching. I've been trying to focus on watching all the new stuff. <laughs> it's yep. It's the seasonals. It's it's coming back around every three months. Yeah, it's all the all the stuff that that has bled over into this season. I have not watched almost any of it because I've been trying to trying to find the the next my next show to watch. Even though I really love Ranking of Kings, it was like I want I want to just see see what see what all these animes are about. I want to see. How many how many well animated feet am I gonna see this season? That's what I'm all about. <laughs> oh, hey, there's the transition. That seems like a common trend. Oh my god. <laughs> but uh, uh look but yeah, but yeah so no. talking like, about feet. Yeah. So she 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 goes into a classroom that I think her next class is gonna be in, so like this girl should have known other people would be there and she's clipping her toes and then she just like like big old deep sniff whiff. on the cl- deep whiff on them clippers, and then a Kevy's just like, "Oh, I haven't whiffer. thought about sniffing sniffing feet. Let me do that too." So you just, and they're all just like, "Oh," she's like, "Sorry, I just ran here, so my feet are a little sweaty." It's the classic clipper whiffer, you know. <laughs> it's gotta get big up on them sausages. The the the, 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 the sometimes. The subtitles also said that it can be said. That's kind of weird, but I could see how you could get off on that. <laughs> like, mm, it's, it's you're 11. Please stop. It Please is not don't. transparent at all. Like, they no. Like, even uh, the story, like, the story is so wholesome. If you just, except yeah. for that last bit about the feet, you're like, oh, it's just the one scene. Don't worry about it. Just ignore that one scene. It's like, no. Every minute of this show is underage, bare feet, animated way too fucking well for it to be an accident. <laughs> it, it is either building up or paying off. You're like, how is this going to direct us to the next foot? 
here is a like, shoot foot. They're like, <laughs> okay, so they go to the store. All right, all right, here, this is good. They go grocery shopping for a bit or something. Okay, okay. Try can they can they try on some shoes while they're there? Perfect, like perfect. You know, it's love it. All right, all right, all right. Actually, they go to the shoe store. This is good. This is good. Then they go to the sock store next door. Oh, dang! Mom, like, mom's over there we, making mom's over there making get, socks. We better get we better get pedicures while we're doing all this. <laughs> I can't. I can't yeah, no, you can't really focus on the story because the story is intertwined with the feet. Well, then you got weird what? stuff like the little sister slapping a cabbie's ass. Oh my gosh, I had forgotten <laughs> about that part. Holy crap, she absolutely spanked her big sister for, for everyone to see in front of God and everyone. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Someone animated that butt jiggling. Oh. oh God. Well, I guess we'll just get both of these out of the way. Get, get both of the Cloverwork stuff. So Get, get both <laughs> of the feet. Get because both of the, like... the big feet anime out of the way. <laughs> Yeah, because there's got to be, like, one one or two specific key animators that are sitting at Cloverworks and just, like, clamoring at the bits to just being like, okay, is there a barefoot on screen? I don't want, if there isn't, I don't want any part in that. Oh, does the cut involve feet? Okay, well, just give give, give all that to me. All animated. I'm your guy. You don't need to worry about anything else. It's just, oh, God. Oh, you, know, you know that there's one or two people over there that are just, oh, they're waiting. They're shaking in their boots just to be like... <laughs> Do I get another Jones in. Is there going to be another cut today where I get another another foot shot? Another I need a foot key. I need a foot keyframe, please. I, I went to university for years, <laughs> looking at nothing but feet all day. My brain is irreparably hardwired this way. I cannot fix this. <laughs> uh, no, it is just. Is the bulk. I I will admit, like jumping into this, I because what is it? I I did start reading the manga when it came out. I think it was like June of 2018. It's been it has been a number of years, and in recent chapters, it's definitely like hasn't been doing it as much. But I guess I completely forgot how goddamn horny this show is, and I thought it's just no, it's just, it's just a manga manga adaptation, like filling in the blanks and just trying to trying to at like pad for time and it's just going back to the first couple of chapters it was just it for the first time in years oh no no this is definitely just as horny as i remember it being so the, um, so the manga is all about feet also no the manga is no it was definitely more about lingerie for sure in the first couple of chapters definitely because it's all about Goodness. the scantily clad stuff and the undergarments and how the inner workings of the costume actually fit which is, which is oh tough, dress up darling got it yeah, okay i thought we were talking about kebby's oh, i was confused yeah. uh, i was good gonna... <laughs> i was like right, oh no i was listening confused yeah this is dress up darling now mm-hmm. all right <laughs> Yeah, no, oh, yeah, no, no, that makes I have sense. Not, I'm not going to touch the manga of Akebi. That's definitely going to be something that I'm just going to avoid entirely. But then, yeah, it was just, yeah, for Dress Up Darling in particular, it was at least putting, speaking it in a more wholesome and positive light. I do appreciate that what this show tries to do is that, like, fit into, like, very unique and niche kind of hobbies that people, that the only people that would go through are incredibly passionate about that whenever it comes to, either dressing or sewing or stitching or cosmetics and actually like making either something that you create come to life or actually, well, actually no, in, in not only in dolls, but then in the same deal as making the characters that you idolize inside of any kind of media come to life in your own way. And so kind of seeing the passion of two different people with two entirely different 
um, like trends and skill sets and hobbies like actually come together and bond over the same thing. That's I would imagine that was one of the reasons why this show was so at least at least like got a lot of traction. It was a lot more wholesome in the beginning that people thought it out to be. It's just that I completely forgot how goddamn horny it was for the first couple of bits. And it's not going to stop for the rest of the season, unfortunately. But um, I don't know. It's it's it yeah. feels wholesome, though. All, like it, I, I, I did, I did a, like a stream where I tier listed all of them. I, I think I used the, the term hornsome to describe the <laughs> channel. <laughs> yep, that's the best way to put it. Yeah. It's it's very it's very horny. But yeah, no, it, the fact that they. <laughs> Are two people who are way into their specific hobbies, like you said, and and she, as long as someone is passionate about something, she is like all there to support them, and she also just happens to be like ninety eight percent fan service as a character design. So <laughs> it's just like, well, she just happened to be made this way. Yeah, no, I I, I was very surprised by how much i liked dress up darling after the first episode second episode was a little little more iffy but yeah uh, it it was like oh i wasn't expecting like borderline like soft core yeah just (laughs) the side practically yeah Yeah, i wasn't expecting more feet from cloverworks but here we are i guess guess we know what the trend is for this season no just need all we need is some well animated feet in tokyo 24th ward and we're we're ready to go we have to we hit the trifecta for for cloverworks feet (laughs) Oh yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, no. I, I, I'm really, I'm really hoping for its sake that we don't end up yeah. getting, getting to that <laughs> point. Because then you know that there's like that would just solidify where it's just you know there is one guy in Cloverworks just being like trying to get himself into every single project and yep. leaving his mark for better yep. or worse. But then yeah, have you? Feet. Yeah, exactly. So I guess just to finish off the Cloverworks, like have like um, how many have uh, seen Tokyo Twenty Fourth War? Because for me, it was a really pleasant surprise actually same i was surprised that it got an hour-long pilot i was watching it over lunch i was like oh i'll watch one more watch one more episode before the end of my lunch break i got 25 minutes left in my lunch break here we'll uh we'll watch another episode of this we'll start oh, watching no. Tokyo 24 of the word and like 40 minutes later i'm like what this episode is still happening what is what is going on it's like it I'm, I'm late. it is off the wall but yeah, the, the yeah the the whole plot of it, like the cyberpunk minority report, pre crime, like brain hacking, uh, oh, so cool. Mm-hmm. Like it was, so, yeah, it's basically minority report mixed, but with the atmosphere and the uh, energy of like Jet Set Radio. It's like such, <laughs> it's such 100%. a weird, it, like combination. But it's just, it's so over the top, but it's doesn't play itself entirely straight it just seems like the characters are all along for the ride just like in the same way as you are so it's just that because it does start out with being like oh all three of these you know all these all three of these friends in high school ended up like becoming the victims of an arson attack and one of them tried to save their close friend who was the sister of one of the characters and he couldn't do it and so it's a year later at the memorial of said friend where they where the story finally like starts kicking into motion it's just kind of like yes but they don't dwell on it too much they just make that such as a reason or at least the driving reason behind like almost all three of the main characters like going through because they still have families that care about them they still have lives out of it they've graduated high school and they're all like trying to find their own respective careers and jobs and futures all of them vastly different from the other but they're all like 
their friendship regardless is the one that always like makes it <laughs> a lot a lot better because it's always like what is it i think like th- my favorite points of them getting together where it's just that none of them have been keeping much in contact over the past year since the tragedy but then it's just they all show up at the exact same time wearing the exact same outfit wearing th- the exact same stuff and it's like oh figures yeah i definitely expected you guys to be here and then the same deal with absolutely no um without no primer like no like plan setting or expectations just kind of all right well i gotta go do this i gotta go do this i gotta go do this and then and then all of it was like hmm well i need a i need a meal to go through and like try and figure out and a safe space to kind of like figure out what i'm gonna do for the rest of the day and then they all meet out in front of the same (laughs) the same okinomiyaki shop and the rest of it's like oh yeah no figures that you would be here and it's like (laughs) it's just I don't know. The, it's, the, it's real good. You yeah. feel like they they they've all been they've spent so much time together that they they just kind of end up doing kind of the same stuff. And yeah, the character building I wasn't expecting to be as good, especially given I don't know, like the the promotion for that show has not been top tier. Um, yeah, definitely not. Especially since it's it seems like the third child of the of Cloverworks, considering that both. I can't believe I, I forgot Akebi's like name for a second because I'm just really trying to push that out and just keep it at the back. But then, yeah, the fact that this is the third show that Cloverworks is putting out this season, and it's definitely because it's original, because it's like a similar mm-hmm. like set to try and like go through. And this is and it's interesting considering that it's an original series, but it's the director from JoJo's. It was it's the mm-hmm. dude who directed JoJo's parts one through five. And instead of going to work on six, he's like, no, nah, I'm just going to go to Cloverworks and end up doing this completely original show, like just for like, just out of nowhere. And I'm just really, and I don't know how well that's going to turn out, especially with the production issues that have plagued Cloverworks, especially when it comes to like the tail end of their series, because sure. Like we had good stuff like Shadow's house and Horamiya like last year, but mm-hmm. Also last year, we ended up getting Promised Neverland Season 2, and we also got the conclusion of Wonder Egg Priority, which was mm-hmm. also a little yeah. <laughs> shaky. I gotta, I gotta, we got we to gotta hold off like your final judgment on that on any Cloverworks show until like after Episode 9. See if, they, see if we get a mid-season recap episode, and if you do, boy, you're in trouble. Yeah, you already <laughs> know it's in, a bad, it's in a bad spot. Oh, God. So yeah, just be, I would definitely give this a recommendation to like watch, but with cautious optimism, (laughs) just Mm -hmm. very, especially with uh, anime originals nowadays, it's like you, like they almost always have strong hooks, like almost every single one of them, like have a really good way to get you into it. It's just whenever it's sticking the landing, that's when everything starts to go awry. But uh, yeah, no, I I still really enjoyed it. Especially with Cloverworks, (laughs) for reasons I previously (laughs) stated. So let's see. I think the only, I think the only show that like none of us were able to watch because it hasn't come out yet that we that I might like is the uh, badminton one. I think it's like oh, Ryman's Club. I so can't I wait. Yeah, see so more like, of the animation yeah. of it. It looks so good. Oh, it looks so good. It's got oh. yeah. I need a badminton fix because Honey Bottle definitely. Uh, well, Honey Bottle was interesting because it definitely like fulfilled me in the sense of like the badminton uh shots in that show were incredibly like well set and all the action was good it's just that everything else around the matches were definitely iffy so i'm really curious to see how that's going to turn out but um yeah i'm I'm excited for it i'm excited for it a lot very 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 excited and then yeah i guess so for the rest of it i guess i'll get like hakazume which is like the police squad one out of the way or, or it's it's police pod but i don't know police squad is just always the one that just pops in my head because everything related to that and 
is always just <laughs> the ugh. It's one of the funnier things that I've like seen in a long time. Both Police Squad and Hakazume, where it's still enjoyable considering that it's it's got a lot of good banter, it's got a lot a lot of good dynamics between the main characters, but then also considering that it's just they're in their twenties and they're trying to figure out their future still. So it's just kind of like, oh yeah, no, it's <laughs> you don't get a lot as many of those like nowadays. So it's kind of just been nice to go through and seeing that. There is a, I think a, a, one of the shows this season has the worst episode of anime I may have ever seen as their debut episode. She professed herself pupil of the wise man, the VR MMORPG uh, pseudo isekai joint. The, it was a truly awful, terrible episode. I've never been so turned off by a show. Cause, you know, the first episode is normally where you put all your, you know, a good portion of your budget into to get people to want to watch your show. In this show, for whatever reason, they spent five minutes explaining what a VR MMORPG was. Oh, like another You've five never minutes heard of this before. Yeah, another five minutes explaining, like showing the characters, like role playing, and then talking in ways that people who've been friends for a long time never have. Like your characters designed after that wizard from those movies about the ring, right? Yeah, it sure is. I went to go see those movies multiple times. And it was all on my dime, right? <laughs> like, that's the dialogue level we're talking about. So oh. five minutes of that. <laughs> that is like a six-minute battle scene with the worst CG animation of the season. And this season includes, like, some shit that's worse than Ruby Season 1 in it. Oh, no. Some, something called Rusted Armors that's real bad, too, in a different was... way. Oh God, I was I was thinking about watching that episode yesterday because I was gonna, because it's because it was just I needed something low key and like incredibly just bottom of the barrel to shit mm -hmm. on, and I just watched the first two minutes and I was just I'm no. watching this shit on two times speed, and I even I can't finish this. I'm just I'm no. just I'm out of it. <laughs> I just fucking can't. Yeah, and then the, the last seven minutes of she professed herself pupil of the wise man is there's no sound effects. The all there is is music, and you see the MC character who has changed their appearance using in game currency and is now in the video game as a cutesy little girl just walking around and doing like self discovery shit that you would expect to be like the first episode of the anime, except you have no, no, no voice, no sound effects. Like she beats up a goblin, and there's no sound effects of her beating up the goblin. All you get is this awful generic music bed for like seven minutes. The last, literally the last seven minutes of the episode. I'm not exaggerating. And then she walks into, into a town and sees her, her reflection and goes, I'm cute. And that's the end of the episode. Oh, fuck. The audio design is terrible. It's like, I've, if you want to see a truly terrible episode of anime, go watch episode one of She Professed Herself, People of the Wise Man, just to hate watch something. <laughs> but, God. It's, it's, it sounds it's, like the last seven minutes they their audio guys were on vacation or something. It's like they just ran out. Of, it feels like they just ran out of budget. It was weird. So I was like, I was like, is my what's going on? Is my tablet <laughs> broken? Is my audio broken? What's happening here? I'm just getting like weird music. And then it's like, nope, that's just that's what they intended it to be, apparently. And this is episode yeah. one. Episode one. Yeah. Episode one is that bad. And I'm like, all right. Dang, that's yeah. a. Not watching the rest of that. I, I debated watching episode two of it just to see if they kept up that that stellar production level. But 
I decided I just wasn't worth my time <laughs> to even see if it was good. Life's too short to watch bullshit. Oh, <laughs> tell me about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I watch anime, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, the self-dig. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm trying to finish the last of the quote, like thanks to Andy, Andy Samberg and Brooklyn Nine Nine, but I'm just uh, <laughs> I was completely blanking. Uh, no worries. Um, mm. Let's see what else. Has anybody watched so. Sasaki and Miano? No, no, Mm-mm. no. Okay. Honestly, I think that's probably one of my top shows that I watched this year. It's the boys' love show where. There is a boy who looks he, he's worried about his girlish face and he reads he reads boys love manga and he's worried about how girly his face looks. And then his 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 senpai comes and helps him out in 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 some kind of scuffle and the senpai kind of starts falling in love with him. It's a it's not like I think the thing I like about it is that it reminds me of like an authentic high school experience and how stupid your brain is in high school and how you do dumb stuff and awkward stuff because you're a kid and you don't know how to act or manage your emotions and feelings and all. And both Mm -hmm. these characters feel like actual characters that are actual teenagers. It's not like, I don't know, there's no no Lelouch from Code Geass here. There's no (laughs) super genius, you know ultra mature kid in this in this situation it's just a couple kids that don't know how to react to these situations encountering them firsthand and trying to work their way through their feelings and teenagers being awkward teenagers yeah it's awkward teenagers being awkward teenagers but in like a it's not the same like oh we're not the only reason we have a conflict is because we don't we aren't talking to each other kind of thing that you get too often i i would recommend that show if you're into like romance stuff or like character character driven shows i'd say go give that a a watch Mm -hmm. not too bad the only thing that i've been watching so far uh this season was has been demon slayer i i'm currently caught up with season two and uh i i watched like the past uh i think there was like two episodes of attack on titan that came out so far this season, I've watched watched that as well, but I, I haven't had time to watch any anything else. Even though there's been a lot of like in like animes you guys have been talking about, I kind of like perked my interest and I kind of want to watch them. But I unfortunately, I haven't had much time. Hero, how much Zenitsu is there? So Zenitsu is asleep <laughs> almost the entire time so far. Yeah, it's been, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. He's been knocked unconscious. I think we're on three or four episodes running. Oh my god, it's great. That's the, that's the best news yep. I could have heard. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's over the top for the first two episodes, and yep. then he gets sidelined, and then once you see him again, he's not awake. And that's the best kind of Zeni too, is the time when he isn't awake. <laughs> that's the best kind. Oh man. Yeah, no. It's been it's been working out pretty well. Uh, I would say they're it was a little like slow on the upkeep, but it's mm. like where it's at right now. It's finally like starting to find its pace and finally starting to uh, pick up and with uh, with Demon Slayer strengths for sure. So that's definitely been nice and it's been moving along. I'm trying to think. It's weird. I think the season's like seventeen or eighteen episodes 
long, but that's including the six episodes that uh, was the Mugen Train. Uh, uh, what is it like the rerun? So it's yeah. not gonna be too. It's not gonna be as long. I'm trying to. Yeah, I was gonna say 11. too because I I'm I haven't read the manga, but I've been I've seen bits and pieces. And for where they are, I'm like, wow. I'm in my mind. I'm thinking, are they gonna try to like do? like some filler or something. Cause like I felt like it, it's coming close to an, an end for the se- the season two already. Oh yeah, no, it is. It's um like at least going through any chart, including the episode that's going to air tomorrow. There's four episodes left in the season. Wow. So I apparently that's it. It feels like it just started. I, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess, it, I guess it re- did kind of just start considering that they haven't been able to like fit in as much new content with the, uh, with the addition of the moving train bit, but uh, yeah, no, it's yeah, it is kind of surprising to like see like it, it's such a weird release schedule, especially what we've seen over the past two years mm. when they try to capitalize on something that has just like made that much money. Like people are already like being uh, skeptical, or at least they're already like theorizing that they might just do the same thing where it's just oh well, they could do one arc as a television series and then one arc as a movie and then another arc as a television series and keep that like alternating back and forth because of how successful the formula was. And so that's a that's possibility. How Ball does it. Yeah. So that might be a possibility of like leading into the future. It's just same, same deal. Although I haven't read the manga, I know that it's over. So however many arcs that they actually have left to keep that formula going is going to be, uh, is going to be the question. Yeah. Cause I, 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 I don't, I don't know per se how many arcs are left but i know that there's only 23 manga issues so i mean they, they this they can't go on forever <laughs> so mm-hmm. so it it i don't know how long the entertainment arc was in in the manga but i have a feeling we have like one or two more arcs and that's it interesting i think there's three three more arcs there's one yeah three more arcs and then the last arc is split into like two separate arcs almost like sub arcs so three or four either seasons okay. slash movies are probably left i'd say if i had to guess no we'll get the movies and the season i see there you go that's <laughs> a little moogan train on them Woo! i mean it's worked for him it was the highest grossing animated movie of all time and it got the highest ratings of any show this year in japan so I mean, why not double dip if if you're gonna? They got me to buy it, so <laughs> yeah, there, you go. there it is. There's the copy. Oh God, yeah, it'll definitely it'll be lining up for the rest of it, and like, and kind of seeing how how far that's going to go. That's also kind of it's really going to be interesting for the rest of it because yeah, I think because yeah, I don't think we'll talk too much about Attack on Titan either, considering like that's the blip. But yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I'm really I'm really curious to see how it's actually going to conclude um like throughout the rest of this considering that or at least based on the mixed uh release schedule that mob has been able to go to i don't know how like for the rest of it because i've heard different things about because apparently it's 12 episodes i think it was 16 in the first half and now it's going to be 12 in the second half and people are already pointing out that they don't know if it's enough to cover the amount of content that's left in the series. And so every uh... other person that I've listened to, which is, which would be a really interesting way to end it is that if on paper currently they don't, there shouldn't technically be enough time, 
to finish mm-hmm. writing the story, people are already theorizing that they're going to pull a Demon Slayer and they're going to have the finale of the series be a movie. Yeah, I mean, we may as well go out and get while getting's good. Yep, if they've the been paper. reading the writing on the wall, it's like, yep. Uh, yeah, mo- animated movie adaptations so hot right now, and it's just oh boy, especially for big series like that. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. especially with Juju, like you're talking about Jujutsu Kaisen, the the prequel movie that came out, you know, three weeks ago, and how that's popped off for a one season show that is not, you know, it doesn't have the legacy of Attack on Titan, mm-hmm. and it's popping off at the box office, so. Yeah, I could I mean, only imagine not? the producers. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be the, the production committee. I'm sure they're they're thinking, man, we'd be stupid to not try and capitalize on some of this dosh. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, just just to kind of see how that translates into the rest of the 2020s, and seeing how many adaptations, or at least shown in adaptations, like leading in, are going to be getting films or anything of the like. To see if that's if that's going to be a trend for shonen, if that's going to actually be something that's going to be like followed through more because of how yeah. much of a success that story was. It's really going to, I'm really going to be curious to see how that's going to be. I mean, hell because, even yeah. like smaller shows like odd taxi are getting movies like mm-hmm. it's anime is popping off nowadays. You know what I mean? It's not like how it was back in the nineties where, you know, it's really hard trying to find anime anime is easily accessible now. Much more so than it's ever been before, and and a lot more culturally culturally significant and culturally accepted, mm-hmm. especially like in America at least. Like I I can really kind of bring to mind like how over time the public perception of it has changed. It always used you know like it went from being like oh that's what weirdos all watch to um, there being like pockets of people who watch anime together, and now you can just casually be like. I do watch anime, and the you know half the group will be like, "Me too." I watch Japanese animation as well. Mm-hmm. It definitely uh, seemed like the 2010s was its was its like revitalization revitalization in that sense, yeah. like the same way that video games like started doing that in like the early in the early 2000s, where it was kind of that weird nerdy obsession that was kind of looked down upon. It's like, oh, you play video games on the computer and on your xbox and for the rest of it and then by the end of by the end of the 2000s it was just kind of like nope it's yep worldwide phenomenon multiple consoles multiple avenues for you to at least like experience and then everybody is just like jumping in there's literal like god watch going back to like watch the release days for stuff like halo 2 and halo 3 was just kind of like seeing how massive those kinds of things where it's like okay you we made it we finally made it like this is a mainstream aspect and so it definitely felt like anime got that same taste and that same like transition in the 2010s thanks to like many like a lot more streaming services going through like starting with Crunchyroll and Funimation but then like the big boys like taking walking up to the plate with Amazon with Netflix and everybody like kind of going through and then even then like a lot of good adult content being pushed through like Netflix and Amazon as well. So stuff like Invincible, stuff like Castlevania, like just a lot more adult oriented animated content that was finally like becoming more mainstream and then just feeding people into that same line to being like, okay, well, if you liked this stuff, then look across the pond and actually like see how much animation that these guys have been doing because there have been fans of this stuff for decades and they, and there's more than enough recommendations for everyone to go around. So 
a lot more people got their eyes on it. A lot more people got interested. And now, thankfully, we're in that era where I would say it is very, very close to the mainstream, if not already. I would agree. I mean, it's um, Demon Slayer was number one at the box office in America. Yep. It came out like, I mean, it didn't come out during like a banger week of movies. It came out during like the same time as like Mortal Kombat did in the middle of COVID. So it's not like, <laughs> but still, I mean, that's something. It's not It's not for nothing. It's still got number one in, in American box offices. So it's, it's a quite an achievement considering where we were, you know, even in the early 2000s, even in the late 2000s, you wouldn't expect something like that to be the case. Mm-hmm. It's definitely been a while. I thought Marvel movies were definitely the only ones that could like have similar like fan aspects and having like full theaters in the before times, not, not as much so nowadays, but like seeing, seeing Dragon Ball films and My Hero Academia films just pack theaters, you know, yeah. I thought Marvel movies were the only one that could do like that kind of like superhero like genre stuff was just kind of like, all right, that's, it's really nice to kind of like see that change and to see that it's the same deal. Everybody's around there for the same reason that you are. Everybody knows the same things that you do and you're all passionate about the same thing. And it makes for some of the better theater experiences, but it also like brings up the conversation a bit more. And it actually like really helps people become more open and a lot more loose to actually talk about the things that they care about. So it's been a really nice change of pace for that. Really has. So let's see. I think the last major show I guess we can get out and talk about, which is probably my surprise hit of the season for sure it's a show about shrooms uh yeah. very basically <laughs> i was Love yeah shrooms. if you weren't gonna bring it up i was <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> at the very baseline mm-hmm. it's a show about shrooms and now stop me if you've heard this before but we've got a dude who's you know standard fiery shonen red-haired boy carries around a bow has really has a lot of strength and fights people and he uh, rides on a large man-eating crab, and he constantly <laughs> gets chased by hippos with uh, hip-mounted grenade launchers. And he shoots bows that explode into large, giant mushrooms. Um, and he's fighting a corrupt government system that runs around whoop, <laughs> that runs around with a lot of large, no- large and uh, very loud notifications uh, that lead on to having him fight a snail aircraft carrier that pushes him into a snail a aircraft city carrier though where he <laughs> has to where he has to fight machine gun toting bunny girls and Ugh. if now stop you if you've heard that before but it's because it, it's incredibly common you know you, you kind of i don't like, know it seems pretty cliche to me <laughs> i see uh, like 12 of those yeah no it's just Oh yeah, no, like just out of nowhere, like because the first time I ended up like knowing that this show existed was I think it was there was a clip of Gigguk, um, like on on Twitch where he was like going through like all of the um what is it all all the shows and all the previews like leading up mm-hmm. to the season and it was just the one where it's just uh what is it like he freeze frames on a pair of girls kissing and it's like all right anime of the season anime of the season all right it's all good I know exactly what I'm watching. A frame later, when he like it, she's not kissing the other girl. She is pulling a, a large larvae piece out of her mouth, and it's just like, what? What the fuck am I watching? <laughs> it's like just the the biggest fucking one eighty I've ever seen in my goddamn life. But like, so and that's and that's not the craziest thing that I, I've seen from the show yet. And it's just so ridiculous. It's um, so it's from a light novel, I guess. It's not original. It was um. Something that came out in 2018. The closest show I would definitely like point this towards was probably 
uh, probably Doro Hey Doro, if any of you have seen that one. Mm. Like, it shares I've been meaning a lot to. Of... I, I, I've seen one episode of it with, with my wife, but we, yeah. we, haven't, we haven't kept watching it. I'd still say I'd give it a recommendation. I guess the only reason why I think about that is that mushrooms are very prominent in uh, both of the series. And it's just kind of like, wow, so... That so 2021 mushrooms were Doro Hedoro, and now mm-hmm. I guess uh, 2022 I'm leading into Sabiku Ibisco. So it's like really about it. That show is just so well animated too. Like it, it's mm. got this gritty style to it, and most of the time you see those shows that have that gritty style, and it's mostly just in stills and like you know panning shots, environmental shots. But this like the action scenes and the animated portions are also that you got that nice detailed grit in it. Oh, it's just just the absurdity of it. I like that everybody plays it straight. Like they're just yep. like, I don't know. Yeah. They've got a they've got an escargot. She had an escargot plane, her own escargot aircraft. That was her whole reason uh, why she joined yeah. us. And I'm like, what? Why are they calling it an escargot? <laughs> you see it. It's just a flying fucking yeah. snail. Like, like nobody is goofy or weird. They're all serious people <laughs> in this kind of weird, goofy world, but. It's also kind of not like in the first 10 seconds, it's just like bomb went off. Moving on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to the important part. This is the, uh, this is our world now. It's, we, we, <laughs> this is, this is have, what we have to tread through day by day. I have a feeling it's a slow burn. Like it's already off to a great start. I have a feeling it's going to really pick up. Like the first episode was just mostly um, Bisco just at a stop trying to get his crab through. Like sorry, it's it's a pile of dead bodies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't show you. Mm-hmm. Also, it's there's like, like there's like face eating bacteria or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's because I'm trying to think about what there there oh, there must have been a movie in the last decade that had like a similar like skin eating disease in a post apocalyptic setting, but I'm completely blanking on it. But oh, it's kind it of sounds familiar to me too. But I can't mm-hmm. think of what it is either. But yeah, no, it's definitely like that kind of aesthetic is like ones that we don't really see often. But when we do, it's just like, you know, it's like the the gritty post-apocalyptic sort of like Mad Max or Trigun or uh, what was the other one? Like Nausicaa, the Valley of the Wind, like all of that desert-esque, uh, like heavy machinery and then like thrown out into the countryside where little pockets of people like still are trying to find ways to live in a place that has made it very hard to do so but it's been oh yeah it's because that's the thing like it's such a crazy ridiculous off the wall sort of world but the fact that the characters like take it so matter of factly that it, it it not only grounds the world but it grounds you in it as well so it's just kind of like one minute you're just being like oh my fucking god grenade grenade launcher mounted hippos are chasing after our main protagonist like running through the field and then it lines up for the rest of it it's just kind of like oh yeah no well she's just she's flying a plane with a snail on its face it's like eh, you know that's just yeah that's just how things do be in this world it helps it helps oh go ahead i i almost want to say fallout yeah, it's that one. Of, there we go. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's even got like smooth skin. It's got skin disease in there too. It helps draw you into the the world. It's not like a lot of other shows where they overly explain the world. Like a thing will happen, and like the That's the doctor, it. panda doctor Milo, is you know Owl. basically like some getting mushrooms smuggled in so he can develop <laughs> medicine, and you don't need to be told like. 
oh, this is illegal because you saw a shady guy drop off mushrooms at this place and then Milo goes and picks them up. You're like, okay, so this is illegal. You don't need to explain it to me explicitly, you know. We've already oh, got these the weird... gist of it, yeah. It respects yeah, like your it, intelligence. Yeah. And it gets yeah. more stuff done that <laughs> yeah. way, too. Because mm-hmm. they can like... spend time telling you other cool things that you can intuit about the world instead of sitting there for 45 seconds and telling you, wait a minute, are you sure? You sure you want these mushrooms? Dr. Man, you know that these mushrooms are illegal, even though you've come here obviously before to pick up mushrooms. And I'm telling you this again, you know, (laughs) wait a minute. So, so the helicopter runs on snail power. How does that work? Well, you see when the bombs went off, snails suddenly gained the ability to create helium in their lungs. Yeah. Thus, <laughs> thus expanded their body to great proportions and just pull out a diagram and with big red arrows everywhere. It's and like, just a oh, slow pan for the yeah. next 30 to 45 seconds. It's just kind of like reading on for the rest of it. It's like, oh, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I'm no. Back it's... In, I'm back in be professed herself, pupil of the wise man again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, it's like how to do an opening episode right and how to do an opening episode wrong. It's just you always find like the perfect dichotomy just for mm-hmm. the rest of the majority of the seasons whenever they go through. But, oh, yeah, no, it is it is so far my surprise hit of the season, like just completely out of nowhere, because like many I would imagine like many others, like not on the radar, no idea this was coming out, even if you told me before that. Oh, no, wait, never mind. This isn't the Jota director. This guy. This guy did like keyframe animation for Kill a Kill, and then he was mm-hmm. art direct. He was like major um, animation and art director for like. So going back to Ufotable, like this guy was like a major art director for the Unlimited Blade Works uh, series that they did. He was art director for or character animation director as well for the Heaven's Field movies. So it's like he's got a lot of good um, connections and experience back at Ufotable, which is the same guys that are doing Demon Slayer, but. The biggest thing for me is that this is his directorial debut as a so like leading into In a the new director's studio chair for the first time. New yeah. studio too. Like this is the studio's first thing they've ever done. Mm. I'm really curious, really, really curious to see how further they can push the envelope, especially with what they've shown us for like the first yeah, for the first two episodes. If you haven't seen the second episode either, like it just it gets crazier. <laughs> it's somehow it it, I think I think the up. second episode is it looks better in like the action scenes are even animated even better than in the first episode. And yeah, there's it's, it's just, I have yet to be like, I feel like they just have more to show also. It's just so cool. And it ends on, you know, Bisco and, and uh, I don't know. I don't think she's a big bad, but like, they're about to have like an epic fight. And it's like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for this next episode. <laughs> like I'm a hype. For I know, it, it's which just, is yeah. what you want to feel after you know watching one of these like shown in action bits because yeah you totally understand like why because even though you know that uh like they're siblings in the sense that he does all what he does in order to like help her cure her disease and for the rest of it and, and she's never and it's like you think it's like okay standard story beat where it's just the brother trying to do everything he can to find the cure for the incurable disease to help his sister and it's just, and they all, they have a really good a dynamic in the sense that they're both on opposite sides of the spectrum where one's an officer and one's a medical doctor. But the way that they argue with each other is like such, uh, with such, I guess, <laughs> empathy is not really the one I'm looking for. But the fact that they both care for each other and they don't want either of them to get hurt regardless, which shows the bond between them as characters. But then it's just kind of like, yes, 
she does have this uh, incurable disease that's simply helping her, but she's also a badass commander that's leading the majority of the forces inside of the town. So it's just everybody's, like, everybody's got a side. And they feel like brother and sister. They feel like they communicate the way that siblings would communicate as well. The bit where she says, so nothing I can say will get you to move aside, right? No? All right. <laughs> Knocks him out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And he just wakes up in like a minute later, like based on one of the frames. It's like, oh man, do you think that one of the one of the sibling code would be to not aim for the nerves on the neck? It's so stiff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. Really kind of see. Let's see what days are is that out? I just literally have it as mushrooms on the rest of it. So episode, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, just kind of keeps. So this is going to be running side by side with Demon Slayer on Sundays for the next uh, couple of weeks. So yeah, really curious to see how that's gonna how that's gonna line up. How hope, that's gonna go through. I hope but, that yeah. picks up some of that Demon Slayer audience set after that. You know, once <laughs> once Demon Slayer's done, just because it's, <laughs> it's a similarly like wild and crazy. I don't know, just a cool world to live in and experience. I think that's it's, the thing that it's something different. And like we said the same in like <laughs> our winter preview, it's something different. Please, it's now like he's, a guy, you know, he's, not, not... he's not like he's not like whipping out like oh, I just killed that snail plane that gave me like two levels up. Whoa, oh, God. You know, uh... it's like, oh, now I now I can jump higher somehow because of my experience levels. Yeah, that now it's now... weird to say out loud, right? Yeah, now Sakiyuki Bisco is, or Sabikui Bisco is the second highest or most looked at show that besides, uh, right after, uh, My Dress Up Darling, that isn't a sequel on, uh, on my anime list. And I'm definitely glad it's gotten the traction, yeah. Yeah, before it was like halfway down the list or most of the way down, but yeah, I'm glad to see that it's, it's climbed its way, it's climbed its way up. I'm gonna have to look at that list again. <laughs> It's it's changed significantly. Like uh, Love of Kill is is uh, is much further up on that list as well. Which, okay. I don't know if we want to talk about Love of Kill. You can go for it if you want because I yeah I haven't given it a shot. I I so first episode the the way that the synopsis reads it makes it sound like it's going to be kind of like a goofy funny action thing. For those who don't know, it's it's about a bounty hunter who works for like a bounty hunter like company trying to track down a serial killer and the serial killer basically catches her unawares and says ah i actually love you and he kind of stalks her and it sounds like it's supposed to be like kind of a goofy like oh he's giving her her targets and 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 the all these things to try and win her over um but in the first episode what really ends up happening is he has one of the targets that she's tasked with finding. He will only give it to her under the guise that she go on a date with him. And while they're on the date, he is incredibly controlling. Like she can only act a certain way or walk a certain way. And she has to be close to him. And at the end of the night, you know, he's like, oh, we're going to go to this hotel. <laughs> you know, basically like trying to pressure her into sex. And it's a very uncomfortable it was an uncomfortable watch for me, which I thought it was a bummer because it has such an interesting concept that it could they could go some entertaining places with it, but it doesn't need to be this kind of like pseudo edgy, like seinen, like weird 
I don't know, like Fifty Shades of Grey, but like more con- weirdly controlling that kind of that thing. Was the vibe I got that sounds like Fifty Shades of Grey stuff right there. It kind, yeah, like... it kind of, it kind of was. Also, the, there's like a comic relief character that they just didn't draw a mouth on, who is one of probably the most annoying character this season that I've seen. Like, <laughs> it's it happens around Christmas time. The one guy is like, he's excited. He set up a tree in the bounty hunter office. And he's just literally the whole scene is him going, Mary, Mary, Mary. While another like character <laughs> is talking and you just hear this annoying voice in the background the entire time. It's true. It's, it, I don't know. It, it feels like it <laughs> had such an opportunity with that premise to go somewhere. And it feels like it is super not living up to what it could. Mm-hmm. That's out. Yep. That's how the cookie crumbles, I guess. But it makes me think it, of like the the Christmas episode for Kayon, yeah, like the teacher. <laughs> Mary, oh, Mary, God. oh no, yeah, yeah. no. I'm happy to see some some of these that at least have interesting concepts move up the list on on my anime list. Some of the isekais have moved down, which I like. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, because it was just well, listening to your episode was just kind of like, uh, oh, it's another one. Oh, it's another one. Oh, it's another well, isekai. I, Oh, it's another one. Oh, mm-hmm. right. This is what happens when you go through well, the seasons. I would, I would bet you the thing is, though, that the people who are watching Trash Isekai already have that, like, in Mentality. their list. Like, there aren't people that are going to be after the fact, like, oh, it's a Trash Isekai? Then I'd better add that to my list. Like, everybody's <laughs> already added it if they're gonna. Yeah. Uh, now, now the people who like good stuff are f- figuring out what is actually good. And they're mm-hmm. watching that. <laughs> so. Spreading it through word of mouth or the line. Yep, actually finding the stuff that's interesting, finding the stuff that actually gets us interested in watching. And like why are you Freda? Is Vonnie talking? I haven't seen any of it, but I know the connotation that I. The, in fact, the only thing I remember from yeah, yeah. People talking about season one was, hey, do you guys remember that CG abomination that they lined up in like the second or third episode? And it was just, oh, interesting. I'm just never going to touch that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I still, yeah. I'm still just blown away by the dragon. I just don't know why, how they got away with the things they get away with. Ari Ferretta, I swear. I know you're excited for a time often. You, oh, I you can't, can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I have not. I, you know, I've been so caught up in all this new anime and watching, watching, you know, part three of season two of JoJo that I just, I, you know, it's it slipped on my list. I don't know how I could have forgotten Ari Ferretta. Man, how did I forget? I, I I read the the Reddit thread of the the first episode of the second season of Ari Ferretta. The top comment is, "Yeah, we know it's trash, but it's trash that I like." <laughs> that's the top comments in the don't, reddit don't thread touch my garbage yeah yep. this is my garbage you're not allowed yeah if you watch the first season then you're sure gonna watch the second oh and i don't know about everybody that everybody outside of that well <laughs> knowing them if they finished if you finished the first season there's no way that they could just I'm leave curious. that dumpster alone. I'm just lying away. if I said I wasn't curious to uh, to watch the second say, season. I feel I feel I feel like for science we have to watch it. <laughs> oh, <just> for science! <laughs> for science! <laughs> oh no! Science rules. I don't know if I believe science that. Rules. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Nye would not approve of this. No, he would not. <laughs> That's not what Bill, Bill Nye would have mm-hmm. wanted. 
Bill I mean, Nye please, is not yeah. all about close-up shots of dragon sphincters, okay? <laughs> not all about that. That's not what he's here for. He's a mechanical engineer, not a biologist. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. Consider the following. Just don't. <laughs> just don't. Just don't. don't. Uh, watch it, you don't have to. Just don't. <laughs> just don't. Just don't watch Ari Breda. That's probably the best solution. Just don't. I'm just looking um, at the... No, I'm going through the mal and just looking at it it's like okay so we got mc uh who is apparently like what thousand year old like blonde lolly like sitting in the middle and we got one two three four five women in front and then a sixth one just like with just her eyes like peering through at the top of the poster and being like yeah i know i'm I'm watching i'm watching this entire harem develop and it's just (laughs) what uh, a harem it is it's i hope you like the monster girl tag that's yeah that's all. If you're if you're in a monster girl, if you're the monster girl tag is in your your frequently uh frequently read, you know you're into Ari Fred already. Yep. <sighs> I guess it's been a couple of years since Monster Musume and Ishizoku reviewers ended up getting another season, so oh, I guess boy. people are going to have to oh. find their find a way to get through their kinks somehow. It's Oh no. Oh no. Does it have the monster girl tag? It's like, hmm, well, there you go. I guess <laughs> that just explains that for you. Like, so, Muffet talking about, like, the discussions got me looking at some of them, some of them and I'm seeing comment. I have seen around 460-plus anime, and this is the first time I've ever needed a recap. I don't remember <laughs> shit. The last thing I remember is Anal Probe Dragon being best girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing that everyone's gonna remember. It's the moment. It's the one moment. It's the one that will live down for generations that people, even years after the show is done and gone, they'll still remember the anal dragon probe. Yeah. Christ, that was a fucking <laughs> sentence that I had to say. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> hey. When in doubt, dragon probe it. I, I, I think really these, these are like the true limit tests that we have anymore. Like we have animated... The quality of animation is just as good as it's going to get. Now we have to test the boundaries of what we can animate. <laughs> oh my god. You're right, though. You're right, though. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, hey, we'll try. Oh, the envelope gets pushed every season, but oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure not. I'm sure not going to be there to see it when it happens. I'll hear about yeah. it, though. I can guarantee. Not a lot of other stuff that pushed the envelope as far as, I guess, like... Requiem of the Rose King might be pushing the historical fiction limits. I think is I don't know. Don't watch. It doesn't seem good. That's all I have to say about Requiem of the Rose King. It doesn't seem good. <laughs> yeah, no. I think there's more than enough. I was not really expecting much out of the season in particular, at least like off the bat. Because mm-hmm. 2021 like just had a lot of good standouts every season so far. Like we do have a couple of like ones that are like making making their way and just uh, like. Uh, stamping their claim throughout uh, the rest of it, at least for the originals or at least the adaptations going through. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's definitely. I'm really going to be curious to see how the sequels will, like kind of end, or at least the only two that require. I, I'm definitely not going to be curious to see how Ari Ferretta's season two ends. But at <laughs> least for Attack on Titan, at least for Demon Slayer, that those are definitely going to be like some of the only ones that I'm going to be like watching out for, just to kind of be curious to see how they conclude. But then mm-hmm. I still think like. By comparison, and with the expectations that I had leading into the season, I think I came out pleasantly surprised with like how the outliers decided to like show up the way that they did. So mm-hmm. I, I'm still enjoying it. 
yeah, it's good. This is gonna be this is a good good season to catch up on some backlog. I'd say because yeah. there's probably only I think there may be only four shows that I can see myself watching like on a regularly on a weekly basis. Five, if I guess if you include the stuff from last season that rolls over. But yeah, it's getting lots of time to to catch up on some stuff that you wanted to watch. Yep, that I would say that about sums it up. Well, honestly, yeah, no, I think we were able to cover more than enough of our fair share. But uh, yeah, no, guys, I definitely appreciate uh, you coming down and actually like finding the time to get the crew back together and uh, like come out and join me out for an episode. Hey, no problem. Yeah, happy to be here. (laughs) All right, so I guess uh, I guess the only other item of business is uh, where do you think uh, everybody else listening in can find you if they want to catch up on more of your content? Well, they could find us uh, anywhere fine podcasts are sold. Are called Pretty Fly for a Senpai. Available on Spotify. You know the the usual suspects: Audible, Podcatcher, uh, Amazon. You know, we'll, we'll just go down the queue. <laughs> just go down the queue. Just line up on everything that the feed like lines up. It's like... Pandora. Pan, Pan, Pandora is apparently you know big on Pandora. Apparently, but uh, yeah, no. All, wherever fine podcasts are sold, also go over to www.prettyflyforasempi.com. Awesome. Well. Cheers. And, uh, All right. Awesome, guys. Well, uh, thanks for stopping by. Definitely appreciate it. Yeah, sure thing. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Uh, thanks. Do we send off with our names also? Uh, yeah, sure. Go for it. it. There's more than enough of a <laughs> like lineup for the rest of it, so I can also edit and post. That also really helps. Uh, I'm Shark Wellington. I'm Ty Muffin. I'm Hero19X. All right. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for listening. Cheers.